Welcome to the Searchables Reptiles podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I hope you like the new intro music. I wrote that music and recorded it. That's me, Brian Cusco, the guy with uh, the skills to pay the bills and let Garrett give you chills while he spills all of his knowledge about super dwarves that I don't want him to talk about, but he's talking about anyway. Right, Garrett? Garrett Hoddle here, everybody, with Retail Reptiles, world's premier breeder of suit. No, just kidding. I would have, I would have totally taken credit for the music, but I know everyone would have called me out immediately on that one. To be completely honest, I haven't even recorded it. I, I, I was just going through my phone to look at uh, the footage that I found. It I couldn't find it. If I couldn't, I couldn't remember what month it was that I recorded this little idea I had for our new intro music and. I finally found it. It was and the reason I couldn't find or remember when is because I, I came up with the idea when we were sitting there at the uh, Airbnb after Barcheck's place when I accidentally took off to the airport with Rob's keys. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, that's the right. night that I came up with the idea for the music for the intro. And I'm, I'm hoping that it records as well as my little mouth rendition that I have recorded on my phone because I haven't recorded. It's play, it played already. Because well, he's so confident about it that he included it in the intro already, and I haven't even heard it. He hasn't run it by me either. or anything. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> I hope you enjoy that new music, guys. I'm like, what music? I, I'll just roll with it. You remember when we talked about the idea of rolling uh, from that intro music into and having like the noise of the old dial-up sound, like, like the old AOL sign-up mm-hmm. sound? Do you remember oh, yeah. discussing that? Yeah, okay. vaguely. Okay. Well, I, the, the only reason I remember is because I, I heard the noise again when I found that video that was buried in my phone back in October. Um, I found it and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. That's the idea. Yeah, yeah. You got it all together. For those of you guys that are watching on YouTube, I mean, Brian's even got the LED lights in his snake cages behind him matching his T-shirt today. Look at that. Yeah. And it's contrasting against my, my flannel. It's, nice it's all together. I'm over here in the basement. I got like boxes behind me and stuff like that. But the one thing that I have that you don't have, Brian, is uh, the drink sponsors on my side this this month. Yeah, that's true. But it doesn't <laughs> matter because I'm not drinking. I've, I've got water. Yeah, poor, poor Brian. Usually so on it with the drink sponsorship stuff. And we actually, uh, I put a post. Uh, so, you know, you guys got to follow on the YouTube channel. If you like the podcast and you listen, even if you listen in your car or whatever, go ahead and hit subscribe to the Searchable as Reptiles on YouTube because there's going to be moments that you're going to want to catch. I mean, was, wasn't our first video one the one where I ended up shaving my arms as we podcast? Oh. Was that the first video one? I think it was. It may have been. Yeah, there's a lot of good moments. And then especially now that we're bringing all these guests on and stuff, there's there's some things that, you know, you can go and listen to the podcast when you drive. That's what I do. But it is, it's going to be fun to go back and scrub through and, and catch some of these moments on camera. So anyway, subscribe there on, on YouTube. Um, and then on Facebook, there is a Searchable as Reptiles community page. It's pretty fun. There's a lot of little side conversations that go on. And it, it kind of gives a an opportunity for all of you guys to join us in the shenanigans. So the latest shenanigans was that, um, you know, we were, <laughs> I was unprepared. I don't keep as, uh, as extensive a collection of alcohol, uh, as Cusco has been lately. So I was like, Oh no, emergency situation. I'm sure Cusco has got it covered, but I'm going to need, you know, some drink sponsorship going on. And we had a bunch of people step up to the plate. So it was kind of a community effort and I've got, 
not one, but two high-class bottles that I'm very excited about testing out. I'm excited about the, I mean, I'm excited about trying either. I know that you'll save some for me when I get there. Um, Absolutely. The Yellowstone will be good. I, I, I haven't tried anything, any Jack other than old number seven. I, I know you got the Jack barrel proof there. I have yet yeah. to have a barrel proof that I didn't like. So I'm kind of excited to see what Jack has to offer as far as barrel proof goes. Well, you were telling me that, uh, you know, that they, you know, as, as, Poor as the reputation is for the the regular Jack Daniels, that the uh, the specialty stuff at least among well. among whiskey snobs, at least a lot of people like Jack Daniels. Well, or they wouldn't be in business. They're probably one of the most popular whiskeys, but they're the whiskey of the people. I'm a I'm kind of a gentleman's Jack guy myself. Or or if you're gonna go just old number seven, a shot of that and a shot of Jack Honey, just to have a little bit of that sweetness to it. You know, if you're doing that kind of stuff, that's cool. But I'll tell you what. Um, so yeah, we got we got two bottles. I ended up with, uh, I think it was two hundred bucks for uh, sponsorship within like twenty minutes of posting on the community page. You gonna shout out the and, sponsors? Yeah, I am right now. So uh, the first one on was Corn Martin, and you saw the you saw the thing. I, she we actually put a picture up of her. Uh, I guess we met in Arlington. I think she was a little bit uh, happy already. It was later in the evening at the at the U.S. Arc auction. That's where you meet all your happy ladies. Oh, I miss those auctions. Not necessarily just for the happy ladies, but uh, happy everybody's. But uh, yeah, Corin was uh, a little bit happy on there, and so she came up and accused me of not being a real Pittsburgher and gave me a big hug, and we had a picture and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, she so accused she, she accused me of not inhaling on my my 420 video, which yeah yeah I like not your, not uh, accurate at all. I like <laughs> I liked your comment about not being compared to Bill Clinton over there. <laughs> that was pretty funny, but. Hey, uh, so she's great. You guys are going to have to jump on there. So she's actually uh, competing for, you know, uh, one of these other podcasts, Snakes and the Fat Man. Oh, right. You've been on there, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Yeah, Chris, and, is, uh, Chris is actually on our, our Patreon now. Yeah. Oh, great. Awesome. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, he's uh, got me going over there pretty oh, soon. Oh, not, not but... yours. Mine. Oh, yours. <laughs> That's lame. I don't know to straighten him out when I go on his thing. I, I hear he likes to straighten out his guests, but we'll have to try to toss it back his way whenever I go back on the podcast for that. Man, everybody knows. Everybody who's anybody knows that you don't support Brian Cusco on Patreon. You support Hillary Cusco. That's the cool way to do it. It's what all the cool kids do. It's all right. It's all going to the same place. <laughs> <laughs> More whiskey. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Corin Martin, uh, she's going for the 15 minutes of lame. So go vote for her uh, on Snakes of the Fat Man. And then we had Lisa Anonymous, we'll call it, threw some stuff in there. Uh, Ethan um, actually recommended that we uh, that I get some Eagle Rare. I've got which some I here. Tried, yeah, I tried to find it, but they it apparently is good because there's a very long, deep, yeah, section of uh, empty, you know, shelf space with the tag on it. So I tried to get that. Phil Wiedemann and Chris Ward. So de- very much a community effort. Which one should I start with here, Cusco? If it was start me, with the Yellowstone. I would go. What's that? What's the proof on that Yellowstone? Yellowstone is 101 proof. I would start there just to ease in. I'm guessing that barrel proof is somewhere more in the 115 to 125 range. Barrel proof, 129.2 yep. to be exact. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, I would start with, personally, I would start with lower proof and then, then work up to the barrel proof. Not That's not always the case, but for you, that's what I'm recommending. <laughs> okay, Yellowstone. This one uh, I bought because the bottle looked cool. Cusco hadn't tried it. 
and it was the most expensive bourbon in the in the shop. So, well, I'm 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 I'm, I'm cleansing. I'm not I'm not super jealous because even if I was there right now, I wouldn't be drinking it. But I also wouldn't plan to travel to your house while doing a health cleanse. Uh, that was not something I would do. So I'm I'm happy with my water for now. Yeah, whiskey well, means water anyway. It's uh, water of life. Yeah. Quit trying to stay relevant while I'm the only one drinking. <laughs> you, while, well, while you're drinking, I want to talk a little bit about our guest who we have in the waiting room, uh, Mr. Jimmy Cruz. Those of you guys that don't know Jimmy, he is the owner of Ball Life. And Ball Life uh, travels to basically every, I think he hits basically every show in California, period. I don't think there's a show that happens in California that he doesn't set up at and vend at. That's pretty hardcore if that's that, true. That is pretty. I, I think it will. We'll have to ask him. Um, he's also a really awesome guy. He's. I. I, I don't want to. I'm fearful to say exactly how I feel because I'm afraid he's going to go take the, the recording of this and use it against me at the shop. But when I go to Freedom Breeder, <laughs> <laughs> when I go to Freedom Breeder, I love the entire Freedom Breeder crew. Everybody there is 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 awesome. Really. Um, but Jimmy, like I'm always there. I'm always looking for Jimmy and I'm always feeling bad if Jimmy's not there because there's a piece of my day that's not going to be as good as it could have been had Jimmy been there when I show up. And I, I mentioned that because there has been times when I've gone there and he's not there. And I'm like, God damn it, Jimmy, couldn't you just been here and made my day that much better? Then that's, he's really an awesome dude. Um, I feel, I know he's been through a lot of, he's been through a lot, which is probably why he's as awesome as he is. It, it happens with people that make it through things. And I would love that if we are able to get into some of that with him, I haven't asked his permission or anything, but we'll we'll talk to him about it when you bring him in the room. But anyway, Jimmy Cruz is our guest. Should we just bring him in right now? Yeah, let's just bring let's him just in. Just bring Jimmy in. I'll tell you what, Jimmy is the kind of guy that as soon as you sit down and talk with him, even once, you're like, oh, I feel better about myself. What's up, Jimmy? Why are you sideways? He rotated again. He rotated. You, no, I didn't. Did uh, well, I'm not no, saying it's you, like I'm not saying you yeah, did. Now, oh, your there phone. You yeah, now we're good. Yeah, give it a little jiggle. There it is. All right. What's up, Jimmy Cruz, everybody? Yeah, that's that's the jiggle. I like it. There you go. Yeah, I feel like I'm at a U.S. ARC auction again already. You missed it. I got motorboat. I got, uh, I didn't get motorboated, but my my girl came in. I got the motorboat him real quick. (laughs) Anyways. That would have been good for the podcast. Uh, I think it would probably get people over to YouTube. I can just motorboat him real quick. It's not a big deal. Yeah, that would be fantastic if we could do that again. Babe. <laughs> All right, guys, this is what I was talking about. You got to get on the uh, YouTube channel, apparently. Jeez. Well, the funny thing is our, our last YouTube video, it was one of the, it didn't do as well as a lot of the other ones that we've put up so far on YouTube. And it was, it was Brian. I, I don't know what happened. Maybe I, some, some, I slept on it. Maybe you slept on promoting. I don't know what happened. We had Brian Barjack on. It was one of our less performing ones. You guys go back and listen to that one if you missed it or watch it on YouTube. But it did get out of sync. Maybe that's why we had syncing issues. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I don't think that was why. I I think it did. I think it did great. I just don't know that it did as good on YouTube. Which oh, you're right is be. weird because it's Barche. Right. 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 But, all right. What's going on? I was so. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm all embarrassed now. Oh well. Yeah. Nothing happened. I like your. I like uh-huh. your. I like your Carnage shirt though. Oh yeah. Carnage. I, I read a bunch of the Marvel. Marvel and, and all that. You I are. Marvel and DC. I don't. I don't have, really have a favorite. But I'm. Me and my boys, we're all uh, bad guy fans. So when it comes to Star Wars, um, we're all the dark side. Hey. No heroes over here. 
I was a big Venom. I, I had I had most of the Venom comic books growing up. I purchased them. In, I like Carnage. I know. I'm just I'm, I relate more to Carnage. I could see that. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about some of your let's talk about your reptiles. Right? I want to. I'd like to talk to you about everything in your life, period. Um, but let's talk about reptiles first um if you don't honestly jimmy like uh i i think it's pretty easy for people to look you up and see what you're doing and stuff like that you know with with the animals that you have available and everything um which is cool and you're you're free to share any of that stuff that you want but how how did you get into it as a business like i know you work at freedom breeder what what came first the chicken or the egg were you into reptiles and then you started working at freedom breeder to go the other way or uh, you know yeah so um, I was already in the reptiles. I already had like 200 ball pythons. I had about two to 300 ball pythons at that time before I went to Freedom Breeder. Jeez. And then uh, I I just went to Freedom Breeder by accident. Um, when I first started, I, I hit him up and I talked to Jesse and I said, I'm looking for some cypress. And he thought I was talking about the morph. And I go, no, the, the cypress mulch, the bedding. And I went over there and we hit it off. And I just started volunteering over there like three days a week, hanging out. And then after a few months, it just turned into a full-time thing. And that was it. Um, as far as the business aspect of it, um, I don't know. I, I was uh, I was working at McDonald's. I was doing maintenance over there. And um, my son got me my first snake for Father's Day, and I had it. And I was just collecting snakes. You know, I had, I had all different types. And I would just sit in my room, and I'm like, okay, I'm working at McDonald's just to feed these damn things. <laughs> you know <laughs> and then um yeah so well you know what I, I i told a few people that you know i'm gonna see if i can make this into a business you know and when i first said that people laughed at me like yeah right like people are really gonna buy snakes like people do, buy you remember, snakes. do you remember about what year that was when you were like i want to make a business out of this that was 2004 Okay, so it was pretty deep into the reptile industry then. It was a well-established, you know, market yeah, I mean, for ball pythons. bananas, they were like two thousand dollars at that time. Yeah, um, GHIs, they were they were way up there still for me. So yeah, and I just I turned it in and and really everyone that said that I couldn't, that I would I would I would fail. There's some people here locally that were like, yeah, you don't know nothing, you know. Um, I don't know. They just everyone that doubted me and laughed. Yeah, I just, I feel that instead of letting it get to me and be like, oh, you know, no support. I just flipped it around and just, I use that for my fire and I just, that's how I did it, you know. Yeah. That's pretty and, cool. And I've, I've been very fortunate to be around some good people. Uh, I met a lot of good people along the way. Um, I just stay open-minded and took the advice of everyone and just use what their knowledge to what worked for me and. It just it's gone gone. It's just blew up ever since. And I think be, being with Freedom Breeder, uh, Jesse has taught me a lot, a lot. I mean, I thought I knew some stuff, but not. I'm not nearly as as knowledgeable as him. You know, he can look at a snake and just off the top know what it is. Me, I have to like look at it a little bit more, and they're like, okay, I see what it is. You know. Yeah. How about how about like so from the financial aspect and stuff as as far as like them starting to pay the bills you know like are you in your reptile room right now is that your place yeah, yeah it's my snake room yeah I don't so. have, I'm, not, I'm not i'm not big league i just got a uh, it's got its own room 
Yeah, no, I mean that that's great. But what I what I mean is like, I mean, you're saying you started with McDonald's job funding your snakes and you built up from there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so how did you navigate the the financial side? Like you put some money in, you get some babies, you start making some money. Do you have a do you have a story that we're like, wow, that was probably the big purchase, the turning point for me that I think really was, allowed me to I think so for what it was for me, it was uh it was uh, my fiance here. She uh, she she'd get um, refunds, t- tax refunds, and I'd be like, I need to buy some snakes. <laughs> yeah. So I got them from Frankie Bernie. I got them from a few people, and I just started just just started investing. And all the babies I would get, I would sell. I just turn around and just put it back into the business, back into the business. Um, the reptile, the Florida reptile ranch. I, I just was buying stuff all over the place. Breeder Circle. Just putting money uh, into just getting bigger animals, uh, more genetics in it, and um, I can't say they're really. No, I think the one that really helped me was when Jesse, for my birthday, he gave me a, a core glow yellow belly pied, and he gave me a highway, and I, and I haven't made those yet. So when he when he gave me those for my birthday, um, that like kind of flipped it around for me pretty good. So I mean, because that back then they were still at fifteen, two thousand dollars still. Yeah, I mean, that's, 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 uh, I mean it's not a lot back then, but I mean when they first came out, they were a lot more expensive. But, yeah, I, I mean that's still a pretty serious thing though. If you're getting a snake that's two thousand bucks that so you can hurry up and reproduce over and over and over and over again, yeah. that two thousand dollars starts to stack up pretty quick. Yeah, and yeah, so, I don't know. I just uh, I've been very fortunate. Like so the, it, it's a full time business now. Um. It does pay the bills, but no, but it's it's a lot. It's very time consuming. The amount I have, I have over seven hundred here in, in this room alone. Um, yeah, like I said so. From where I started at to where I'm at now, it's it's you know a complete one eighty. Do you go you know? to every single show? We were talking about this before you came on. Um, do do you go to every single show in California, basically? Yeah, every show. Um, I don't. I, every show has potential to be a good show. And so I go to to get them all because I mean, not everyone's heard of me. So I have to go to to all of them. I go to the the Vegas ones. I go to Arizona, um, and then I go hang out with Freedom Breeder and with to do the Tinley and to um, Arlington and Daytona, and do the network and get my name out there. You know, but yeah, I've been to every show. So I do about fifteen shows a year. And then September, October, August, September is the busiest. So I have a show every weekend. Every weekend, I'm gone from from Friday and not home till Monday. And speaking of shows, dude, I was just um, I was Facetime with Rami earlier today. Uh, Anaheim's not happening. He, I think he posted yesterday on his Facebook, maybe yeah, too. But I yeah. saw that. I kind of I kind of knew that was going to happen. Um, just because of the sheer amount of crowd, the, the amount of crowd, the size of crowd he had at his shows. I mean, what the last one was at almost ten thousand people. You know, Fire Marshal yeah. wanted to shut it down because we're we're like overcrowded in there. Um, so I kind of figured they were gonna shut all that down. I I honestly don't think shows in California will start kicking in until about April May. Yeah, he was saying uh, it was kind of a blessing in disguise because we weren't there were a lot of people weren't too sure about the Anaheim location as far like vendors you know the parking situation all that the, all the the walking nice. crowds <laughs> yeah so so he's kind of seen as a blessing in disguise he's he's really hoping that july will be back at the big pomona spot um i'm hoping so, 
No, well, he said July. That's what he said. That's what he told me, at least. Maybe. I thought July was uh, San Diego, and August is Pomona. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, unless I'm mistaken. Yeah, well, I'm just. I'm just telling you what he told me. You said, no, he told you July, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe things are changing up. Yeah, something. he said on the bright side, we'll be we will be in Pomona in July in the big building. That's. I mean, that's what he said. Maybe he misspoke, but that's what he told me. Yeah. Yeah, that one I'll be. I, I should have more babies. I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm out. I only have like 15, 20 babies left. I got my last clutch just hatching out right now. Um, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot. I, I sold out really fast. So you I, do, you do like almost all ball pythons. I know you got some other stuff, but I, I, I have other stuff, but they're pets only. Okay. My sole, my sole thing in this room only is ball pythons. I have a retic. I have a couple retics. Um, some chameleons, uh, Vietnamese moxie frog. Um, I have some hots, but my my buddy deals with all that. I don't have really time for those guys. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's majority is all just ball pythons. Everything else is just pets, just to have. You know. What what, what is your do like? Do you have a specific uh, ball python avenue that you go down? Specific genes that you work real heavy with? Like Brian, I know does uh, the clown and the pied pretty heavy. Yeah. What, what you know? Do you have a specialty? I just do it all. I, I I work with all the all the genetics, the the strangers, the clowns, the pies, the scaleless, um, desert ghost, um, albinos, pies. I, I I get a variety of everything. I try. Yeah, to I was gonna say you always seem to have like a really you know like you get yeah, the skittles I, skittles layout on your tables at the shows and stuff. A lot of variety. Yeah, because when you go to a show, you'll have guys that. You, for the newbies, they go out there and they don't know genetics. They just see names, and to them, all they see is brown snakes. Brown snake, white snake, yellow snake. They don't see the variation, so I try and get that, given that variation, the different colors and the, and, the, and the palettes and the, you know, just the look of it and all that, and then just go from there, really. Yeah, so I, I try and bring a little bit of everything to the table. Let's get it. I remember I the first time I walked in the the, the room for you. First time I met Jimmy, I, we were talking. I was like, "What what kind of snakes do you have? At, uh, you, know, like you keep snakes at home and stuff too." He's just like, "I was pretty intimidated by I I, I get intimidated by people a lot when I first meet them for whatever reason. I don't know what that is, but uh, Jimmy was one of those guys too. Because I'm now I'm thinking about it, I felt the same way about Garrett, but more like uh, intellectually. With Jimmy, he was more physical. He's just kind of standing there, all like freaking wide shoulders, just like. Oh, I'm I keep I keep venomous at home. Oh, I got tattoos all over my body and my head's bald. I headbutt you right through the wall. I I never imagined <laughs> he'd be a guy that I just grab in a headlock and like wrestle around a little bit just for fun. Well, I mean, I guess I, have, I could. Have. Not, I have a monocled. I have a, mo- a monocled, and then it's I don't a, think you're allowed to say that publicly. I have a false monocled. <laughs> <laughs> False water monocled. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh some albino uh westerns and a and a Norpak and uh and a Mojave dip. Mm-hmm. I used to have eyelashes. Those things were those things are really badass. I like those. Yeah. I, I've had those too. Those are fun. I had a yellow phase and a and a the Christmas tree phase and it's funny when I put the male in the male was christmas tree when i put him in with a female he changed colors he went from christmas tree to uh yellow really 
I never seen that. I thought they just said that. Goes, like I, yellow, I, yellow, I, I, like solid yellow. Change. Yeah, but he changed. He went from Christmas tree phase to yellow. I've never he heard of that before. He was all green and red, and then he just changed over to yellow and red. Yeah, I've never heard of that. That's crazy. Yeah, that is wild, man. Um, dude, Jimmy, how, where do you? How have you always been? Happy go lucky, like carefree. Because every time I come in, yeah, you, you. I talked about this on the intro when you weren't listening, but you're like one of my favorite people to to run into at the shop. It's always a good time. Every time we're hanging out, it's always nothing but laughs, nothing but fun. It's always always joking. Like everything's everything's like happy go lucky. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't think I've always like that. Where I came from, where I've been, you didn't walk around like that. You know, um, for those that didn't know, I got 15 and a half years behind the wall in, pr- in the prison system. Uh, the longest I did was eight years flat. Um, I've been to YA as well, California Youth Authority. Um, yeah, you walk, when you walked around, you woke up, you woke, you walked around like you were going to kick someone's ass. You didn't say, hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? You know, <laughs> you just didn't do that. Um, no, and then, um, I don't know, I, I just figured that there's, you want to go back before that to, to wh- how how you got there in the first place? Which time? <laughs> From the youth thing. What, what are you doing over there? Youth Authority. Um, I started out with uh, in the stealing cars, GTAs, uh, hot rodding, um, fighting, stuff like that. Uh, we grew up in the hood, you know. And then um, from there, I, my fixation was with guns. And I, so I got seven felony gun convictions, two are nonviolent, and now I was just a knucklehead. I was one of those knuckleheads you read about in the paper, but they, I was always one getting they made an example out of. You know, when three strikes came into California, I was one of the first ones to get popped with that. Um, I was always in trouble. Uh, my eight years was for strong arm robbery, home invasion. I was one of the worst of the worst um, back in the day. Was it, wasn't that like a, a tradition with the, the folks? I mean, was that running the family? Is that just like where you, you know? It's all gang-related. My family isn't gang-related. Well, my mom's side is gang-related. They're We're like enemies. They're like Southsiders, and I'm a, I'm a bulldog um, while I'm out here. Um, no, I just, this is how it was. I mean, I just grew up in the streets. My mom was always gone, working two jobs, you know, and... It was just me. My dad wasn't around. So I just grew up out here. You know, and you just run with with some homies and, you know, get in trouble, I guess. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, you, you know, when you're young, you get tested a lot. Oh, you won't do it, you know. And so you're always being t- tested and, and called out. So then some of it, it's a pissing contest, basically. And, yeah. I guess I lost. I, I was the biggest loser. <laughs> yeah, you win and, the contest and you lose that. Yeah. That's a chunk of life. 15 years total? Jeez. 15 and a half years, yeah. Um, the, the longest I did was eight years. I did from 18 to 20. Then I was out 55 days. Then I went right back in. And I did from 20 to 28. Then I was out 17 months. And then I went back in for another year. Then I'd be out like for a few months, another year. And then for a few more months, another year. So, really, for me, after a while, um, I got tired. So, that little quick story was, so how I got into this also, 
my oldest son at the time, he was seven. And he's a penitentiary baby. He was a man when I was in the prison system. Um, I just got booked again for a new beef for dope charge and gun charges and whatnot. And she brought him to see me. And she was really, really mad. She didn't want to, she like, whatever. You hear, here, I brought your son. So my son sat there and uh, he goes, Dad, um, you're going back to that place again, huh, with the barbed wire? I'm like, yeah. And that, that that little case I was looking at right there, that one alone, I was looking at another eight more years at 80%. And so he goes, it's okay, Dad, you know, I won't play the video game. Halo had just come out. I go, I won't play the video game until you come home. You know, and he was just trying to break me down. I'm sitting there feeling like a jackass. And he goes, and he goes remember that? You said you're going to be my baseball coach and you're going to teach me how to play. Jeez. And he's just getting to me. And then it was right then and there. I still remember June June fifth, two thousand four. Um, I said, "All right, I'm done. I can't do this anymore, man." So, uh, God was smiling on me that day, and I did ninety one days to the day. And oh, I did a whole no that no, that case. I did a whole year from two thousand four two thousand five. I did a whole year, and they cut me loose, and I got locked up. You know, violations and I picked some new beef, but. Uh, and then I said, I'm done. You know, I'm, I'm, I realized I'm out here getting the, the respect of the wrong people. You know, I'm out here hmm. getting these, the respect to these dummies. And they're not the ones putting the money on my books. They're not taking care of my family. They're not helping raise my son. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm the one that has to answer for that, you know. So I stopped and I just, I, I made a complete 180 and, that's when my son got in my snakes and I just went on from there, you know, and I haven't been, I haven't, it's been over 10 years since I've been back in jail, but yeah, just like, that was it, you know? I like that. You said, you said you're getting the respect of the wrong people and you're throwing your life away on that. I don't think you necessarily have to be going to prison to experience that. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people do that. We, we throw our lives away. It, yeah. at people or at things that but, just but you, you know you, you gotta remember I mean, you gotta remember when you're young you have that mentality like you know you're, you're invincible you know what i mean and you, you really don't think about it really you always in your family is always going to be there you know you're always trying to impress your friends you're always trying to impress these females you're always trying to it's always a, a, a big factor. you're just trying to impress everyone you know trying to get their respect trying to look at you like you're a badass but then after a while, I woke up and I was like, "No, I need I need to be a badass in, in my son's eyes by being there and taking care of him and teaching him things and you know, being a man. How am I going to teach him how to be a man when I'm locked up? You know, what am I do? Show him how to order commissary? You know, show him how to commit crime? So when I when I was done um, getting locked up, I'm I'm a very strict dad. Um, they're not allowed to wear certain colors. Um, I'm very, very, I'm very involved in my kids' lives. Um, when I finally came home, I was the co- I was the head coach for my son's baseball team, and we won five championships, three seasons undefeated. <laughs> That's but it, you know, it's so good. Like you know, this is what this is what being a man is about. Not trying to be oh, I can beat you up. You know, me, I can beat a lot of people up, but that's not what it's about. 
<laughs> you know, yeah, I, I I fight very well. It's been years since I've lost, but I mean, that's not what being a man's about. You know, sometimes you gotta you gotta bite your tongue because there's been times I've been out here, and yeah, I will like, oh, like I don't beat the hell out of you. <laughs> <laughs> like like when, like when I grab you by your head and try to force you to tell a joke, like, ooh, this guy, this guy, I'm gonna. Fuck <laughs> I'm gonna let you off easy, Cusco. I'm no, I've changed. I've changed. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and then the happy-go-lucky part about me. Um, I've always been that way, really. Um, I think that's my way of because I I deal with depression a lot, like bad. Well, there was something. There's something you haven't mentioned. You mentioned me. You don't have to bring it up if you don't want to. But there's something we talked about a while back, a couple years ago. Something that kind of maybe set you in that in that direction pretty hard and that, that I think anybody who's had something like that happen to them would, um, yeah, I mean, I, I for me, it's, it's just been real bad for as long as I can remember. And, and like I said, there's some days I really get down like bad, bad. So, I mean, you know, so I try to counter with just being goofy, being, you know, cause I look a certain way. So everyone expects me to be a certain way. They expect me to be mean or tough or whatever. Um, aggressive. Um, but I, my thing is just telling jokes and making people feel comfortable. And I don't know. Um, like there's sometimes I, you know, you know, Brian, sometimes like, I don't, I don't even want to go to the show. I get all my moods. And then when I'm there and I'm around everyone, I'm like, okay, you know, I don't know. I just, it's weird. I don't even know how to explain it, but just, yeah, I, I, I battled depression really bad. Um, I don't know where it came from. Um, it just, when it comes on, it's like a light switch. When it comes on, it stays on. And then I'll wake up. Okay. And then me, you know, being where I'm from, and, and I mean, I talk about it now, but being where I'm from and, and what I've been through, you didn't talk about stuff like that. You just sucked it up because that's what, that's how I was raised. That's what men do. We don't show feelings. We don't, we don't let it get to us. We just suck it up, drink a beer take a shot and just deal with it, you know? But didn't, um, didn't ha something happen with an un unborn son of yours? Am I, am I? Yeah. So, so a lot of that was started was, um, I was getting in trouble and, um, so, and so, <laughs> so I was, in, a lot of people don't know also, I was in the Navy uh, also, and I came home on leave and, um, I was doing good. Like I finally got my, I finally was going the right direction and I went to the military and I came home on leave Easter, uh, 1993. Yeah. 1993. And, uh, I was with a girl, I was 18 and she was 21 and, um, she had a kid, her little boy and me and her were seeing each other. We were pretty serious and I was coming home to see her and she went after her phone. And I was like, okay, I was getting mad, worried, because I knew she had, she had that issue with her kid's dad. And then, um, yeah, I called, and a, and a guy answered. And I go, well, who's this? He goes, just take the phone. So he goes, who's this? This is, this is Jimmy, her boyfriend. He goes, yeah, I think you need to come down here. And then her, I talked to her brother, and they said she was gone. I drove like a madman. <laughs> I drove like a madman to her house, and then um, now she's already covered. Uh, her kid's dad had murdered her. 
Uh, shot her point blank in the face with a 38 revolver. So when we're getting ready to do the whole court thing, um, that's when it, that's when I found out that she was pregnant with my kid, and that's why it killed her. So after that, it just it, I went do like a downward spiral, and I I stayed down there for a long time. I just you know I was just I was angry all the time. I didn't trust no one. Um, yeah, I was just fighting and, and getting in trouble, and I got discharged out of the military. And I just didn't care no more. I just did whatever I wanted when it, with whatever, you know. And then, um, yeah, that was it. And it just got worse, you know, as I got older. Um, well, I think that would have broke most most strong men, Jimmy. I think that that situation would have broke most people. Um, I I gotta say, well, that I'm glad it was a long time ago. I'm really sorry that happened to you. Um, and I can't, I couldn't imagine that at all for any for anybody. I mean, I know things happen in this world, obviously, but um, I'm super fortunate to have you here now. You you are a light in my life now, and I think that's true. It, it's true, and I think that's true for a lot of people. I don't think I'm that's alone. The, that's, I think that's true for everybody that's ever met you. I mean, I don't know you that well. I I consider you one of my like reptile show friends. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't mean to insult anybody or whatever, but people are like, are you not my real friend? I'm like, I don't know. Have we ever done anything outside of a reptile show? Then we're not real friends. We're reptile show friends. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, you know, but, uh, but that being said, I mean, every time we go to the reptile show and see you and hang out and just like what you were saying about, you know, you try to counter it by, you say you got this big tough guy, you know, appearance. And yeah, I don't know anybody that, uh, that I feel more comfortable around when I'm hanging out, you know what I mean? Like within 30 seconds of meeting Jimmy, you're like, ah, hey, what's up, man? You know what I mean? And just goofing off and feel, so I don't know, you pull it off pretty well. I think that's cool. And I think it's really, I think it's really, really cool that, uh, you know, what ended up kind of straightening you and out was that realization that you want to be with your son. You finally finished the, you know, the dream of the baseball coach thing. And then he got you into the ball pythons. Yeah, and that's yeah. that. And then you know he's the one that he's the one that worked with us over at Freedom Breeders, Josiah. Um, yeah, I Brian. met him. I I met him. I yeah, met him yeah, whenever yeah. I was yeah. up there. Yeah, yeah just briefly. But my little one, he's not here right now. But my little one, he's in the Kenyan sandbows. So he's the one that really <laughs> he 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 likes to study the morphs, and he's always look at this, look at this, and I'm like, okay. But he's got a few himself, and he's wanting to do the whole breeding thing, and and he's he's really into it. My middle son. He's just gaming, like whatever. My oldest, yeah, he's no longer working there, but he's doing a uh, firefighting now. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, Good so business in California. <laughs> yeah, all right. Job security. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah, that's that's really cool. I, I mean, obviously, all all three of us here are dads and stuff like that. My my kids are. My my little kids all have their own corn snake, you know. They got their own corn snake morph, and now they're growing them up, and and they want to breed them. And of, of course, it's like, I mean, I don't know. When you go buy a nice new ball python, how much do you spend on that? You're like, oh, this is a cool one. I got this at the show, right? It's I mean, not the last, last cool one I got was from Jason Amos, and that that ran me up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Stranger what, Project's what? still pretty high up there. What was that? Yeah. yeah. Do, do you mind sharing how much do you spend on a on a snake? Uh, that one, um, he gave me a deal on it. It was 11000 Woo! 
Yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. So when my kids are like, hey, Dad, I want a corn snake, I'm like, it better be cool. <laughs> <laughs> and that was and that was the homie deal, too, right there. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that was the homie deal. That's 11000 I think he was selling for like fifteen. Yeah, for sure. But, and, for and, sure. and this one's double head, posh double head uh, clown and albino. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> But I'm going to prove it out. I'm going to prove it out because I have plenty of girls here. I got, there's 144 breeder females here with another 100 girls that are right at that 1,000, 1,200 mark. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of girls. So, there, I have plenty of girls to prove them out to. Man, like, Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say. Someone was asking me this earlier today, and, and it, I just it kind of dawned on me that I'm not this way. Brian Cusco, how many adult breeder females do you have? Oh, I, I would have to look around and count a little bit. Um, I can do it from right here. Hold on. I, I don't have the number <laughs> in my head. I got one, two, three, All right. four. No, you're making me feel better because this guy's like, I got this many breeder females. He's like, but I'm sure you're doing more business than that. How many you got? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't honestly. I don't even know if I want to know because that might be a lot. If I sat down and counted them, I'd be like, "What am I doing over here?" You know, <laughs> and or maybe it's not. Maybe it's a little bit, but I don't know. I got my snakes that I like, and I I breed them. And you know, when females have follicles, I'm like, "Ooh, what are we gonna make with this one this time?" You know, and uh, so I, I don't know. I so you got it all. You got this many, and then this many online, and you got it all calculated out. And then obviously yeah. too. You, you said something earlier. Um, I've got 10, you, 10, 10 proven breeders. There you go. 10 proven breeders. Yeah. 10 proven breeders. Oh, bro, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, no, what, what you said I thought was pretty cool about your collection and the way you balance your projects because you said that you vend at a lot of shows. So, obviously, that's probably – one of the major outlets for you as far as selling your babies. Can people get to know you at the shows? They see the animals, they get the variety, you sell them, you, you go home, right? Yeah, so yeah. you're actually breeding towards your avenue of taking your product to market. In other words, you know you're going to be at a show. You want to have a good variety. Maybe you need to make a few more bananas to get those bright colors or, or some pies. Yeah. Contrast, you know, oh, let me go get some of these dark, funky things, you know, make some Batmans or whatever, you know. Um, yeah. and, and you have kind of that, that trade show table in mind because that's the way you move your animals. Yeah. I think where a lot of people go wrong when they're trying to, you know, they're breeding and they're doing good, but they're not really making money yet is they're just trying to make snakes. They want to make that one in 16 snake or whatever. And they get all kinds of junk on the side that nobody wants. And then they don't know how to get rid of it. You know, so you, you do the go to like the morph market or whatever. Not that that's a bad thing, but it's just kind of like the, the, you know, the cliche ways of getting rid of an animal and they don't focus on, hey, you know, yeah. I'm going to sell animals because I've got a great variety. I'm going to bring new people into the hobby. I'm going to make them feel comfortable around me with my personality. I'm going to teach them something about snakes like a way I teach my son about these snakes. And you you kind of like uh, multiplying your effort as as that dad educating people out there. So you have a whole thing, you know, yeah. and you breed around that rather than trying to figure out, okay, I got all these snakes. Now what do I do with them? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't never try and but I, I my 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 way of thinking is like baseball. Um I don't try and swing for home runs every time. You know, some of these guys, you know, they want to hit they're trying to go those magical numbers, you know. I'm just doing base hits. 
you know, a single drink banana, a little stuff here and there. And, and it does well, you know. I'm not trying to go for these, you know, 16 gene animals or these. Um, I don't follow. I don't chase anything. I don't follow anyone. I just, I just do blaze my own path and just do my little thing. You know, if I make some cool stuff along the way, then that's cool too. You know. But, but even then, I'm sure you probably like. I say you mentioned single gene banana or whatever. Probably the best selling animal yeah. on the show ever. Those and right? those. Yeah, and, and because it looks fantastically, you know, go, yeah, Blue Eye Lucy, right? Looks fantastic, doesn't cost a lot. Yeah. You know I mean? It's easy to come off a couple of hundred dollars to get a snake that looks like that. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Between that and Pied, I would say I've got a buddy that doesn't keep snakes, knows nothing about any snakes or, or morphs or anything like that. And he he's like, after watching some of the stuff, you know, that I, that I post up, he's like, oh, I want to get a snake. I want to get a snake. I'm, I'm working towards it, like working my knowledge up. And he, and he finally sends me his picture. He's like, what is this? Is this real? And it was a, it was a, it was a coral glow. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, that's, that's it. Oh, so fun story. I mean, I've, people are always surprised by this. I think they think like you always start with ball pythons and graduate to some other species, which is, you know, different people like different things. That has nothing to do with it. But um, I've never bred ball pythons. Never. I've only ever bought, well, there's one occasion where I bought like a stack of like uh, wild caught ball pythons because someone was like in a pinch and they need some money. So I just bought a bunch. I gave them to my friends. I was like making it rain with the little ball pythons. <laughs> but uh, other than that, I bought one ball python in my life ever. And it was because I saw an old ad for Pete Call. It was pie, the one of the original pie bald ball pythons. I was like, Holy crap. I'm going to own one of those one day. And that's how I know that I will have arrived. So at a certain point in my life, I had enough money. I was having, a, I was actually talking to Ben Rennick at one of the shows. We we're having a good time. He had an exceptional looking pie and I was like, I'm going to buy it. So I bought that and I was like, ah, I'm accomplished. My, I, I pretend, you know how you like buy snakes for your wife. I bought it for my wife. Like, <laughs> here you go, honey. Never did that. Yeah. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? Like I, when I was a kid, that. I, Nope. I, when I first started, I didn't like ball pythons. My first thing was milk snakes. And, uh, that was my thing. I liked the milk snakes. All the variations, uh, the the Conans, the the Nelsons, the Albinos, yeah. the Tangerines, the Hondurans. Well, I liked all that. Even a few corn snakes. Um, you remember Pro Reptiles? They're like color printed ads and stuff. You do this SASE back in the day. You send out, you get all the cool pictures of the milk snakes and everything. I never did that. I, oh, I, I've been, man, you I've missed out gone. on a major part of the industry when you were a kid. What were you thinking? <laughs> you didn't do I the SASEs? I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to have animals or mess with that stuff when I was a kid. Neither was I. That's why I did all these SASEs where I pay people and <laughs> put a little envelope in an envelope with my name so I could have pictures of them live vicariously. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go ahead. So you bought a ball python for somebody because you like milk snakes. Yeah, no, I um, I I started with milk snakes, all the colubrids. I like those better than some of the boas. And then there was a guy here locally. He he was like, he had a ton of colubrids. He goes, he goes, you need to focus on something because you have too much variety. You got berms, you got retics, you got Ty Taiwan beauties, um, you got uh, GTPs. You got too much of everything. You need to focus on one thing instead of just being everything. Amen. And he goes like, "Do ball pythons?" I'm like, "Ball pythons." All right. And yeah, my first ball python was a uh, was a bumblebee and a pastavi, and I thought I was like the shit. Like, oh, I got a pastavi, bumblebee. 
and I started with that, and then eventually I got rid of all my other animals, and I just stayed with the ball pythons. Yeah. How did you do it? How did you get rid of them? Feed them to your dog. Um, <laughs> before Morph Market, what happened there? Oh, we lost your video for some reason. Oh, you're someone, back. No, someone, someone called me. Um, so what happened was um, before Morph Market, I just put on last. That's when Facebook was, you could post stuff up on Facebook and all the classifieds. And I just shipped all the the, the Klubers to um, people in Texas, um, all over. All of the United States, I just shipped all my clubbers out, berms, type beauties. I was just shipping them out, and I just got all that money and reinvested it, and I was just getting to the ball pythons, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Dude, Facebook, oh, that's right, I forgot Facebook. Uh, it was kind of weird timing because I think around the same time, Facebook, and this, these two things had nothing to do with each other, but right around, I think, the time Facebook stopped allowing people to try and sell animals online, I was right around the same time I was just over Facebook. I was like mid-COVID, mid-riots. I was like, dude, I, I'm not going on Facebook anymore. So I, I forgot that you can't do that. Yeah. That's when the classified the classifieds on, on Facebook were big. I mean, there's so many groups. It was That's all it was, just classifieds. And I just sold everything that and bought everything. And I was really bad on auctions. I used to be on the, on the BSR. And I got cracked so many times for auctions, and that's why I got a lot of stuff uh, too. Just hitting auctions. I sold no, something on. Much. I sold something on Facebook yesterday. There's a cam- I, camera. Lens. I sold something on Facebook today. <laughs> Rob, Rob, my employee's like, you can't sell stuff on Facebook. I was like, I just did. <laughs> I yeah, see, all, all I do is I put lost. I put lost girls or whatever, or they, they escapee. PM for info. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I sold the camera lens. It wasn't the wasn't the animal. Oh no, I just put a snake up and I was like, hey guys, this is the last high percentage superdor female of the season for under a thousand bucks. And like sold her right away. And then he's like, You can't do that. And I was like, Well, I did. I'll delete the ad. Boom. <laughs> they don't even know I was there. <laughs> I'm gonna do that tomorrow. I'm doing that tomorrow. Do it. Yeah, I'm going why to why not? I'm, People I want to know. I'm not telling you why not. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> damn the man <laughs> ah. I, no, I sold a I sold a camera lens yesterday because I, I hardly use it it's a great lens for photography but I it's really not that great for well no it's good for video too I just didn't use it enough and I felt like my family deserved to live in the house another day so I, I was like well, I better sell something real quick and uh, get all the cages just put them all in the cages the kids are small enough <laughs> that's true they, they climb in here and, uh, and clean them sometimes um no, it was fun. It was a fun little adventure because the, the guy that I sold to, I don't, I know I look like I might have some kind of Spanish speaking nationality in me, but I don't. No, not really. No, I, I used to. <laughs> yes. When I was younger, everybody assumed I was Mexican, just the California thing, I think. But uh, I, I can't, but Google Translate is an amazing tool. If you ever need to speak to somebody that doesn't speak the same language as you, man, it works. Like we, we, it worked really well. There you go. I don't know that. I have it. I don't. I never use it. It it works. If you want to talk to somebody anywhere, really, they have all the languages on there. You could speak to somebody. It's amazing. I I love it. How we can. I'm not like you guys, Dora the Explorer. You guys are all over the place. I sit here working back. I don't know. Give me one burrito, super burrito. (laughs) That's it. 
You just let you just let Jesse you just let Jesse do the uh, Spanish speaking for you. I tell you that one one time we we went to a, a Mexican store, and they they, they I, I got I forgot what I ordered, I ordered something, and then they looked at me and I'm like I looked at Jesse. What did they say? And they were lost. They were confused. Like you don't speak Spanish? No, he does. <laughs> you want you want to know it's funny uh so when i went to work at prehistoric pets it was about 10 years ago they got a bunch of uh spanish-speaking mexicans working in the back rooms cleaning the snakes and all that kind of stuff because they, they hired one person they like brought their family and they, you know what i mean it's like aunts uncles cousins they're all taking care of the snakes back there <laughs> and i used to go hang with them and laugh with them and all this stuff and i couldn't speak spanish but i didn't realize that i could understand everything that they were saying entiendo you know mucho I mean? pero hablo poquito <laughs> yeah, I, he's trying he's trying really hard to say i could understand a lot but i can't really speak much but it wasn't very smooth but anyway yeah i did i didn't realize how much i could understand and i didn't even know like where one word would stop and end i could just get the gist of what they were saying all the time you know what i mean so we used to go like I don't know. I was always hanging out with them in the back room. Like we would make all the taquitos on Christmas and all that kind of stuff. And those were my people. But I know Prince of Spanish. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know a couple of like pickup lines and stuff that I learned in high school, you know, but other than that, I don't speak any Spanish, but I was, I was laughing. Uh, my mom came into the shop one time when I was working there and I was, I was talking about, I was like, I, yeah, I don't know why I feel so comfortable around him. I was like, I, and it's weird. I can understand everything they're saying, even though I don't know what words they're using or whatever. I just always know what they're saying. And she's like, well, it's probably because you're a Spanish nanny. And I was like, my Spanish nanny? And she's like, yeah, from like 8 to 16, we had a gal that spoke, spoke nothing but Spanish. And she would speak to you kids every day. And like whenever my folks would go out of town or whatever, she'd leave us with uh, with Rosa. And uh, you know what I mean? And she'd just be speaking in Spanish all the time. So apparently I learned it. Are you, are you sure your brain's not making this up? No, I'm telling you. You're well, not sure. I, like I said, I like I said, I'm not claiming to speak Spanish here or anything like that. But I could always like kind of understand what they were saying. I feel like you know? I feel like Rosa is maybe a figment of your imagination. Or like one nope. of your, your personalities. Real, I mean, you said eight to sixteen, you don't remember that at sixteen years? No, I just I, I don't think I paid attention. Jimmy, you know what I mean? Jimmy, this like, guy this guy had solid memories of meeting my father and sister without ever having done so. Well, okay? that's true. Yeah, my, <laughs> some things are like not not quite right up in the head there, but no, this was a true story. There were sisters there. Uh, there, people can verify this. Unlike the story with your dad, where he's like, "No, that didn't happen." <laughs> so, how was it? All, all you, all you retake people. All, so, all like all the retake people at one point in time all worked for Prehistoric Pet. You, Jeff Kelly. Um, That's just it? two people, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's not that many retake people. Uh, I uh, I was there and sold Jeff his first snake. I think it was an albino. It was a lavender tiger golden child. I might forget a lot of stories, but I never forget a snake. Um, and gosh, he must have been 16 at the time or something like that. And then he started working there shortly after I left. Um, but no, I, I don't know. I, um, I worked at Prehistoric as a fluke. I knew Jay from before. I was into retics for, you know, for a long time. And before retics, uh, like when I was really young, I used to do leopard geckos. 
I actually made a ton of money breeding like blizzard lizards when they were first out. I was like a young teenager and I you remember I, Huh? No. <laughs> I, they were, I think I paid five grand for my first one. And really? I probably yeah, and I was probably selling the babies at five hundred, but I was wholesaling them at five hundred. So I Damn. made stacks. This was like in the height of like the albinos had like barely been discovered. You know what I mean? The blizzard lizards are out there and everything. And it was from when I was about 14 to 16 and I made enough money to buy my first car cash leopard gecko money when I was a kid. Yeah. So it was pretty legit, but I got the blizzard lizard from Jay. And so, you know, I, I knew him from when I was a kid and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, he was in my wedding and everything before, not in my wedding, but at my wedding, uh, before <laughs> yes. I worked there, he was the uh, best man. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I actually only ended up working for him because I broke my back. Uh, I got kicked by a horse and broke my back and I, I couldn't do my other job. And I was in physical therapy for like a year. So every day I just go hang out at prehistoric pets. Cause I was getting paid from disability. I didn't have to do anything. So I, apparently that was the place I was like. You know, if someone just pay me to not do anything and I was single, I would just go sit around at prehistoric pets all the time. Uh, <laughs> I ended up, uh, you'll laugh at this, but he hired me as the ball python breeder. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, that's how I started. It lasts about like three weeks. <laughs> and he never bred a single one. <laughs> I don't think so. Like you said, three weeks. How many ball pythons can you get bred in three weeks? Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. Hey, yeah, so I just kind of ended up there. Hey, you said, uh, Ashley, you said Ashley had a nice, uh, diving deep in the shallow where we, we, Jim, we got this thing we call diving deep in the shallow end. It's the one segment of all the hundreds or, you know, tens at least that of different segment ideas we had in this podcast. Yeah. Okay. Of, of, of the eight different (laughs) segments that we wrote down, we had these like different ideas. We have these segments, every podcast, the, the diving deep in the shallow end segment is the one segment has like that has made it into every single podcast it's clearly the most important and and mentally engaging so are you guys ready for this one i'm 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 ready yeah so ashley's never listened to this podcast so i was explaining to her i was like hey you know i need a a dive deep in the shallow end question it's a question we ask it could be kind of a silly question or whatever question it could just be like a premise yeah, exactly. So like one, I told her it would be something like, you know, the observation that every time you drop your toast, it lands butter side down. What's up with that? You know what I mean? And then we oh, would go. Okay. So that's the explanation I gave her. And then she came up with two or three things and they were all related about the, the shortcomings of men. And then she kind of landed on one that was fairly concise. Yeah, I think she might be feeling a certain way about some things hmm. right now. <laughs> What's going on there? But uh yeah, so she wants to know how come men can't ever find anything, even if it's like right in front of their face. You open a fridge. She said, like, if someone puts like the ketchup bottle in front of whatever you're looking for, even though it's right behind it, you got to be like, honey, where's the such and such? I can't find it. Depending on what item two and three end up being, I think this might be why you and Hillary get along so well. Because uh, <laughs> in my experience, in this house, it's not the men that can't find things that are in front of their faces. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying like, you know, every, there's always like an analogy across couples, but you're saying in your relationship, I'm Hillary and you're Ashley. That's what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Yeah. That actually kind of makes sense. I hope she doesn't listen to me saying that because I don't know if she'd like to be compared to you or not, but that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, no, there's, I think, I feel like there was something just like, just, just today. She's like, oh, I haven't, 
I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. Like, you mean this? <laughs> you mean this yeah. thing right here? <laughs> yeah, there, it's right there. <laughs> so you're saying what you're saying, Costco, is that it, she shouldn't be so sexist about it. It's just in her experience, I'm the idiot. Right. Gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> How's it work in your house, Jimmy? You have experience huh? with this subject or not? What do you think? Um, I it, some days I'm on, some days I'm off. <laughs> That's perfect. We got both ends of the spectrum and we got the middle ground. That's that's perfect. Like like here at my house, I know where everything's at. So yeah. when my kids come over, I'm yelling at them because they'll just move something. Like, I just had it right here. I don't know. I didn't touch it. I'm like, what's in your... What's, it's in the car. How did it get here? I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, well, maybe you know where all the snakes are at Freedom Beer because when I come up next week, I, I was there on my vacation to get some updated weights on some snakes and I was looking them up online. I was like, I don't see the snake anywhere. I'm not going to sit here looking for it forever. I'll just wait till Jimmy's here and I want to come back next time. So hopefully you know where those things are at. I got something you guys to ponder on. Okay. If a tomato is a fruit, does that make ketchup jelly? Paste? Uh, bed Boom. jelly? Uh, no, that just blew my mind right there. <laughs> I think it was. I think it'd be more of a, more of a. You'd have to put some sugar in it, right? There but is that sugar would, in ketchup. Yeah, ketchup does have sugar. Oh yeah, it does. Any good ketchup, any any ketchup worth its salt, which it also has, it has sugar wow. in it. Yeah. I mean, I think vinegar is the only, you know, this device. Not too many. Not too many jellies, jellies with vinegar. Not too them. many jellies with vinegar. No. And just like uh, onion rings, they're just vegetarian donuts. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can vouch for that. <laughs> I don't know if you can call an onion a vegetable, but I mean, yeah. Not not only that, but most donuts are vegetarian anyway. So <laughs> all vegetarian donuts. It would be a vegan, a vegan donut. That's what it would be. There you go, vegan donut. Yeah, vegan donut. Well, it's the same thing. Same well, thing. I don't dip it in egg. <laughs> you said it. You said she had three, three things. No, she just kept, She just was like complaining about men for a while, and then she landed on one question. That's oh, kind of gotcha. how it went. Gotcha. Yeah, that was basically it. Yeah, but I, so like I'm the kind of guy. I lost my hat today, right? And she's the type of person where she's like, "Well, I remember the last time I had my hat, and I set it over here." That memory does not exist in my brain. I don't know what I did five minutes ago, or how I got to this chair, or why I'm talking to you guys. I can't remember any events that led to this moment. I'm just living in the now. So like with my hat, whatever's in that cup you're drinking, what making you forget? It probably yes, that's <laughs> probably accurate. I I just uh, cracked open the Jack Daniel, so I'll let you know how this goes. Um, how is that, by the way? I haven't tried it yet. I'm trying to tell the hat story. I lost my hat today too. I've actually that's the one thing I lost <laughs> several times. I and I, I did. You know what? I might be having to eat my own words because I think at least three or four times in the last two days, I I said to Hillary, I don't know where my beanie is and i've definitely said it many times all right this thing's got uh, like a lot of bite but it's really smooth at the same time oh and God. very flavorful hey for beanies just put a, a beanie in every car i have a beanie in all three of my cars but i'm never out of beanie. <laughs> that's how you find your stuff so this is what i do i have a place i got a place for my wallet a place for my keys and a place for yeah. my hat and if it's not in that place it's gone it doesn't exist yeah. anymore it could be at the mall it doesn't matter like you know, I, I cannot find things. I pay my kids to find my stuff. If I happen to set something down, not in its place, which rarely happens, 
You know what I mean? But I'm like, hey, I'll give you a dollar if you find this. I got four kids, so they pretty much scour the house in short order. So. <laughs> yeah, my keys go on my octopus. The the wallet goes in the, the room next to the The frog. keys go on the octopus. I have, <laughs> so I have an octopus just... key holder. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes more octopus. sense. My so. mind immediately went to the uh you know the invertebrate. <laughs> my my house is a typical guy house. You you look and it's just like yeah, a guy lives here. In my room, I got all my all eighty pair of my Jordans. Then on the other <laughs> wall, I got the little Funko Pops. Yeah. It's, it's mine is my house. my house is clearly divided by altitude, so we're in the basement right now. And as you can see behind me, it looks like a guy house that's selling snakes. Hey, hey! <laughs> I just found a book that that's called the title is "Shallow in the Deep End." Wow. It was written by some indigenous, uh, I think in... Ooh, indigenous. Yeah, so you, you want to hear about it? It's just a paragraph. Shallow in the Deep End was written with youth from TV Islands and Jared Thomas. It's a warm-hearted and funny tale that breathes joy. Erica wants a dog, but her dad brings her a baby water buffalo instead. And she names her Shallow. And the baby water buffalo becomes friends with Erica's friend's dog, Bruno, and together, the two run around town having fun. Havoc ensues, such as the destruction of an inflatable paddling pool, a trampoline, and worst of all, the football at the grand final. And there's never any ill will, even near the end, when a decision has to be made about Shallow's future. Oh, my God. <laughs> what are you talking about over there, man? You're getting way off. Listen, look up the book uh, Ketchup Jelly. That one's a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Are you, hey, Brian, are you coming up the nineteenth? Are you gonna be able to make one of my events every month? Have an event, and you've given me an excuse. I, I thought about this while Garrett was talking about being only. Um, oh look, grape jelly, grape jelly meatballs. Um, I, I, th- I thought about actually this. looking it up. I, I thought about this while Garrett was saying something about reptile show friends and how it's, don't take it personal. It's just not that we don't do, we ever do anything outside of a reptile show. Um, I did invite you to my house. You did actually. Jimmy's been to my house. I tried to go to Jimmy's house for a long time. He kept moving. I was like, Jimmy, I want to come over and film. I want to come over and do a video at your house. Come over. And he's like, oh, 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 almost, almost. Oh, I'm moving. Sorry. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, yep. Nope, not this time. Sorry. And it. I still haven't been over Jimmy's place. And I finally kind of like gave up once he landed in his more permanent residence there. And then he actually did come to my house. It was shortly after COVID and he came in all like trying to be way too friendly during COVID times. Like, here, let's let's come in and let's all touch each other a lot and just stuff. You're fine. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm and lying. Then, and then I, I like I like how you did that when we went over your house. You were you're like, Oh, the boys want to touch a snake here and then you pull out the big old red re- retake. Here, hold that while it, while I go clean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole, the whole fam came over is awesome. Um but Jimmy keeps on having events on days when I need to be here with the family, like Christmas and uh, Thanksgiving and things like that. It, and I, October. October. And, but I, but I, had, I had one where I had, I had the monkeys. I had monkeys over at Baboons. I actually got pooped on. A baboon pooped on me all on my leg. That's my kind of event. Well, here's here's the here's the one thing. Here's the one thing, and this is a legitimate reason. And it's like I I honestly would would really be there. We're going down to see Hillary's family, which includes her grandmother, who's in her nineties, and she's requested, you know, that we that, that we don't see a bunch of people before doing that. And 
that's why. Yeah, so you've, been I, me, you've been giving me that. You've been giving me that story for the past two months. So when are you going? I over? know, but that's because we keep. <laughs> no, that's because we keep. That's going. a long quarantine. Period. No, no, we keep going long to quarantine. see old family members in between. Two. That's within two weeks of Christmas. The nineteenth is literally right within two weeks of Christmas. All right, Jimmy, I've been I've been getting fed a one-sided story about you for a while now that I need to verify now that I got you on the horn, all right? Yeah. Do you even remember who Aiden is that works for yeah. me? Yeah. Okay, okay. So you guys are, like, cool for real? Yeah. Because he keeps talking about, no, nah, me and Jimmy, we're tight. That's great. I was going to go to his Halloween party, but you made me come home early. Can yeah, I told him, I said, look, just, you know, yeah, he was excited because we were going to have the, the monkeys. We were going He was all super out. excited. Oh, that was the monkey thing? I monkey yeah, deprived you? Yeah, the monkey. We had a baboon. Oh, we, had the, we, we had two baboons. We had some um, capuchins. Um, he brought the alligator. Um, oh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a blast. Well, let me tell you about this. He, this is how excited he was to come to that party. He almost moved to California over it. He was like, I'm not going home anymore. He's like, he's like, hey, boss, I'm just going to extend my stay a little bit longer because I got to go to this party at Jimmy's. And I was like, dude, your work is stacking up. You know, and like we set it aside for you for a while so you can have this little California vacation. That's cool. You know, like I I support that. I'm, I'm happy for you. You know, get out of Pittsburgh for a little bit, you know, because he's like a Pittsburgh kid. He doesn't get out. He doesn't go anywhere. You know what well, I mean? I can, I can vouch for the fact that Jimmy throws some pretty awesome parties. I haven't, well, I haven't been to one yet. But capuchins and baboons and everything else. <laughs> we go all out. We have little... Uh, I'm always trying to do something different. So we'll have like little contests. So we'll have like a uh, uh, hot chip... Eat, the, the, you know the, the, the one chip challenge? One no one. What's it's the like one really chip really spicy chip? It's like the, the peanut challenge but... in the world. Like the yeah. chips are hot. Yeah, the not chip the, is super not spicy. Dorito, or one Dorito chip. Really? Yeah. So we'll, we'll do they that. They make a Dorito chip that's that hot. Yeah, it's called really? one chip challenge. The death you, chip. You're gonna have to send me one of those. I don't believe it. I'll I'll do it on video. I because just because oh, right. whatever. I'll order one and then. You, Matter of fact, like, you and Brian do it. No, I won't Dur- do it. Dorito, Dorito, can't make anything hot enough to actually get a reaction out of me. I don't believe it. So, you, yeah, you can send me one. I'll eat it on video or something. Live stream. Right, yeah, we'll live stream it. That's fine. Yes. I, I call. <laughs> I call BS. Yes. And Dude, I'll Jimmy's... get Rosa on the phone so you guys can know she exists. Right. That. Jim- <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, send him the chip, dude. Send him the chip. Uh, yeah. She can, she can translate for me in, in Spanish. You know what I mean? As I as I go through the one chip challenge. I'll be like, oh. She'll be like, oh. <laughs> That's how you say that in Spanish. See? You didn't know I knew that. <laughs> Oh, uh, I think we both confirmed that we both know more Spanish than Jimmy, as little as we know. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. The only one with any Mexican here that could potentially speak Spanish is no, nope, nope, nothing. Got nothing. He knows how to say taco. No, I, I know prison Spanish. That's all I know. I know prison Spanish. You got me for some go. sheets, you know, uh, a spoon. You know, I'll learn all that. But other than that, yeah. You, you you hold the conversation with me. I'm so you just like. Did did you just say that you know how to say spoon? Yeah. Well, let's hear it. The the kachara. Kachara. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay. What happened was I was in a, I was in Folsom. I was in New Folsom Prison, right? And I'm up there top tier, me and my celly. And so they're like, hey, when the doors open, bring down your kachara. I looked at my celly. The fuck is kachara? He goes, I don't know. You don't know either? He goes, no. You don't know? No. So we both walked out with our cups. I'm like, all right. <laughs> no, boom, dummy. You don't know what a guitar is? No. Something vanished? No. Your spoon. Oh, okay. And then and then another time I was in Corcoran and we're sitting in the yard and we went turning in laundry for the sheets and all that. And this is my first term. And one of the older homies was like, hey, when the doors open, go get my sovereignist. Okay. I didn't know. Doors open, I run in there. The fucker's sovereignist. Oh, his jacket. Grabbed his jacket. Oh, it's coffee. I grabbed his coffee, filled it up, walked out. And the doors only open once every half hour, like five minutes. I walk out. He goes, what the fuck is this? I go, your coffee and jacket. I told you the sheets, dummy. Oh, that's the problem. There you go. Okay. I, I'm, I'm fact-checking fact him here over here right now. He's correct about both of those. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Sabanas and uh, and Kuchara. We're... I'll tell you one nice thing. Uh, when I so my main experience with foreign languages, I lived in Indonesia, and I just moved there. I didn't know how to say anything. Yeah, I, I lived there for a while, and wow. uh, yeah, yeah we've I, told I just this story already. We need a new story. Well, Jimmy doesn't know the story, but you don't know the. I'm just, I'm just giving you some happenstance stuff. So I was, I was excited, you know, with this, like the comfort with the Spanish speaking language, that uh, a lot, like the pronunciation is very similar, and a lot of the words, at least to me, they sounded similar. So I, I learned those words quickly. So things like, you know, in Spanish, zapatos is shoes. Yeah. In Indonesian, it's zapatu. So it's almost the same thing. Or like uh, iglesia is church, gereja is church i i so i don't know i started making all these connections so it, it's funny to me because i um i don't know that i could do it now it's been so long but i could speak semi-fluent con conversational indonesian by the time i left right um and uh but what i what i could never do is speak indonesian and english together in the same sentence it's almost like Indonesian lives on this side of my brain over here and the English lives on this side of my brain over here. So it was fun when I got back to America because I was like, I got to find some Indonesian speaking people and, and, and play, you know what I mean? Um, but then they would talk to me and they speak really fast, but, but then they're going like every fifth word would be English and the rest was Indonesian. And my brain is trying to switch back and forth the two sides and it's like zzz, 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 and shorting out. And that's so I, what happened. That's it. Yeah, the second language ruined me. It took up all the extra brain space for where my hat's supposed to go. <laughs> we finally figured it out. Thank God for diving deep in the shallow end with the ketchup jelly. We got it all figured out. <laughs> well, shoot, Jimmy. I think we're uh, we're we're about to wrap on our thing here. You got anything you'd like to say to our our audience of uh, I th what are we up to now, Gary? We got like twenty seven people or something. Listen. I don't even know how to find it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll just assume that it's at least 27. You want, What do you want to it's say? It's over 27. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. 27 what? People? People. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Watching? Listening. Later. We, 
Oh. We don't actually know how to track these numbers, so we just think that we're, we're making them numbers. Yeah. Just making them numbers. Yeah, it's probably a lot lower than that. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, hey, what, what, what do you get when you mix a turkey with an evil spirit? A turkey with an evil spirit? A hobgoblin. Boom, Marvel villain. That's why. It's all coming together. What? A hobgoblin. Like gobble, gobble, hobgoblin, evil. Spirit. No, that doesn't. You know, that doesn't no, I, yeah, but that's not. Jimmy knows what I'm talking about. The hobgoblin. He yeah, said he's a I Marvel. know who the hobgoblin is, but that doesn't. I'm bringing sound... it all together. That was like the first thing we talked about on the podcast. No, but that's not an evil spirit. It doesn't. That doesn't. That's not. I mean, it's not funny. Do you ever see it's the hobgoblin? Yes, I've seen. The, I read. Like the, I know who the hobgoblin <laughs> is. You know what a turkey says, right? Gobble gobble. Yeah, but that's not a good joke. <laughs> wasn't a joke it was just the first place okay go what does it say jimmy dig me out here <laughs> well i guess it was a good joke you got jimmy laughing i just thought it was genius because i was like this is who jimmy is he's under the marvel you know villains uh, so what, do you, what do you call a turkey and an evil spirit a poultry geist <laughs> Oh, that gets a laugh. <laughs> Mine was better. <laughs> you could have done that with chicken, too. <laughs> oh, man. That was good. That's good. All right. You know what? You win. You win. That's the best message anybody's delivered to our audience yet. So we're going to have to find somebody to top that one. <laughs> Just stay humble. And, um, this is more than a hobby. It's a lifestyle, you know? Amen. Like, Amen. Well, thank you, Jimmy. I appreciate you. I know it's not even, uh, it's not even the weekend yet. And you just, just spending your, your hard time off with us. Crazy kooks talking over the internet. So I, I appreciate you taking the time, man. And even yeah, if there's only 27 people listening, think of the upside. You and me can be official friends. Now we, we can be more than reptile friends. <laughs> that was the perfect amount I of like excitement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys are definitely gonna have to check out the YouTube channel for that one. That face was priceless. <laughs> all right, all you Lesters, you guys have yourselves a good night. Usually we just cut it off. We don't actually say anything. It's just all of a sudden over. But I'm gonna say good night this time. Good night. Good morning. Have yourselves a great time. Whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing. Hug your loved ones. Rub yourself in a nice place. And uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Doing that now. Searchable as a rep.